My name is Emily Jamison, and I will be your host for The Collaboratory. This listening prayer experience is meant to be largely experimental, in the sense that we will collaborate together, tamper with ideas of life and faith and God, and we will form new hypotheses, adjusting along the way. There are no dead ends in a laboratory, but only new ways forward. I cannot wait to journey together. Most every Thursday morning, I drive about 12 minutes away to a gathering we call Refresh and Encourage. I cross a little bridge from the harbor where I live to a small island where a dear and beloved friend hosts. She also happens to be a phenomenal baker and is overjoyed to share her home and her craft, which delights us all. We look out over the water to a storybook lighthouse perching on the point. And if I'm lucky, on the way there and on the way back, if it's a bright and beautiful day, Mount Rainier is out in all her glory, standing sentinel over the glistening water. When we gather, we take the first bit of time to catch up, to hear about each other's lives. The gathering of women is rich and diverse and beautifully nuanced in all of our joys and struggles. We're all over the map, quite honestly. Multiple different churches and faith backgrounds, stages of life are represented. And it's so rich. There's such story in that room, brokenness and grief and victory and hope. And after the initial gathering and catching up and grabbing tea and baked gloriousness, we settle in. Every week, there are only two questions we ask. The first is this, where have you witnessed God's grace this week? Which inevitably draws out things from you that you hadn't even thought about. It's an amazing question. Truly, take a moment even now. Ask yourself, where did I witness God's grace this week? What comes up for you? As you do a scan of your life each week and think about where you've witnessed God's grace, it's just stunning. He shows up in the oddest places and in ways that I would not have noticed had I not asked the question, what has he done? Where have you seen him? How has he encouraged you? Without reflection, we often don't see. The second question is simply this, what did the scripture speak to you? We've historically gone through books of the Bible or themes in scripture. We just finished Daniel, and today we began in James. We'll have a chapter each week, and each woman is on her own to figure out what she wants to do to study, whether she dives into commentaries or listens to sermons or watches the Bible project or just reads the scripture over and over. Sometimes because of life and busyness and whatnot, you show up not having read anything, and yet you just marinate in all that everyone brings. It's like a potluck. Everyone goes home full, having gathered more than they brought. This morning, amidst rich conversation, we discussed the word blessing, or being blessed, in the context of James 1. This incredible little book, this letter, from a man who is the half-brother of Jesus, is stunning. It's so dense. Throughout the life of Jesus, his half-brother James did not trust that Jesus was God. I mean, it's a hard sell if you ask me. But later on, James came to be known as the pillar of wisdom for the early church. He's speaking about trial and temptation and how we're meant to take joy in the midst of trial, how we're meant to count it joy and and invite and welcome trials and tribulations into our lives as friends in a way, as if they had something to teach us. One of the women began to unpack the word blessed. She said, I've just, I've thought about this word so much and I typically have used it only in the context of, you know, good things that have come or prayers answered, but When I dug into it and asked what it really meant, I looked it up and the definition said this, to be made holy, to be made holy. 
It said nothing of material wealth or answered prayers. So often, that's how, especially in the Western church context, we use that word. But it says nothing of big houses or winning the lottery or having things be easy. To be made holy is a transformative idea. To be blessed is transformative. It's deeply relational. I'm struck by this because last year in the midst of seminary, our professor unveiled something for us in the word holy. So often people think that holy means to be set apart, which is true in some ways. It means to be distant, far from sin, yes. But the problem with that is when we think that to be holy, to be set apart, is to be far from anyone or anything having to do with sin. The problem with that is that when you look at Jesus, no one would argue that he wasn't holy. And yet he was found right in the middle of the mess. He drew people near. He drew near to sinners. People were compelled by him. People thought that he was a drunkard and a partier because of who he associated with. He certainly wasn't set apart in terms of proximity, but his life was set apart. He lived his life in such a way that was so compelling, so perplexing. People actually drew near to him. They couldn't remove themselves. They couldn't stay away. It got him pretty messy. He was in the midst with the lepers, with the addicts, with the dirty, the poor, as well as with the kings and the princes. People could not stay far from him. My professor, I remember, unpacked this word and helped us understand that before this word ever means set apart, it actually means devoted. And so when in the scripture it says, be holy as I am holy, it's not saying be perfect as in flawless. It's saying be devoted to me in the same way that I am devoted to you. Further, even that word perfect, in the Hebrew understanding of the word perfect, it was a relational word. It wasn't until the Greeks got a hold of it years later and said something like, oh, this chair is perfect, as in sort of flawless in and of itself as an object. The word perfect in the Hebrew culture, when God said things were good, perfect, it was always a relational term. It was good between things. There was a harmony, a shalom, a flourishing between things. God has always been a relational God. And so we work our way back. We recognize that to be perfect is to be in wholeness, in relationship, in flourishing connection with another, with God. And to be holy means to be entirely devoted to God as he is devoted to us. And to be blessed is to be made holy. That whatever we experience would be something that would move us toward relationship with God, toward devotion to him, so that we might experience fullness of relationship with him. When we are entirely devoted to God, when we have been convinced of his character, his goodness, his kindness, his compassion, his heart toward us, the way that he is constantly pursuing us, how he has us on his mind, cares more about transformation in us and those around us than we ever will, then we become devoted to him. We want nothing else. And in the light of his grace and in his presence, we become transformed. We experience blessing. We become the people that we were always designed to be. And it's why in the midst of trial and temptation, we can say that we are blessed. Because for me, I know that I look back on my life and there are trials, that I have walked through temptations, dark seasons, and those were the places that God's character was revealed to me. When I cried out to him in the middle of the night, when I cried out to him in the middle of the storm, and he came near. And my circumstances did not necessarily change, but my perspective absolutely did as the one who has eternal perspective 
drew near to me and lent me his eyes and his heart to see things from the vantage point of heaven. And so I invite you to think about how you use that word blessed. Another friend spoke just a bit later about how we might believe some things to be a blessing that really aren't. Winning the lottery, for example. I would contend that that may not be a blessing. That sometimes the things that we call at times a blessing that we think may be good or wonderful for us may bring great calamity. They are not the things that transform us into the likeness of God. They are not things that bring us to dependence upon him. Unless we invite him to shift our perspective, to fillet open our heart, to sift our motives, so that we might steward whatever comes into our lives, whether it is great wealth or great poverty, in a way that would actually serve him, serve us, and serve others, in a way that we would show up to the world with love and generosity and compassion and care. A blessing is only such when it's measured with the metrics of heaven. God is first a relational God. Thus, to be blessed is to be near to God, formed in his likeness because of his presence. Our closeness to the sun will give us a tan of sorts. It will change us. We need a sun tan. And so I invite you today to reflect with me, to simply ask God, would you remind me of something in my life that was a blessing that I did not recognize until now? Perhaps what comes to mind is something wonderful, an experience, a person. Perhaps it was something deeply challenging. But whatever that was, it brought into your life transformation, a revelation of the character of God. Perhaps it was a revelation of your own character, inner strength, beauty, wisdom, gifts that you did not know you had, that caused you to become more devoted to God, more resilient as a result, something that created perseverance and endurance in you, as James talks about. It's a result of difficulty and the reality that you had to become dependent on the God who is greater than you are, who is your counselor and your friend, who is your guide and comforter, your king and your savior. The result of this is devotion. God, would you reframe for us what a blessing truly is? Would you reveal to us what in our lives right now is a blessing that we have not seen as such? Would you reframe how we look at the trials and temptations, the victories and gifts in our lives? What truly is a blessing? Those things that are actually causing us to draw near to you, to grow in relationship with you. What is it that you have invited, welcomed, or just allowed to come into my life knowing that it may be fiery for a moment, may not be comfortable in this moment, but it is inviting me to a deeper dependence upon you, inviting me to have pressure and tension in my life such that transformation can come about. God, we thank you that you love us right where we are but too much to leave us here. That you are forming in us the person that you have always created us to be in the likeness of the Son, one who is compassionate and humble and gracious and wise, resilient, full of humor, I imagine, and so kind. God, in your kindness, you are lending us endurance, an opportunity to grow in 
perseverance and in character so that we might show up to a broken and longing world with love, with something to offer. God, is there anything you want us to know about the ways that you are inviting us to partner with you in the midst of trial and difficulty? God, is there anything else that you want us to know today? Would you pray with me? God, would you fill my heart with your heart? Fill my mind with your mind. That I might not only receive blessing, your presence, your awareness of me, your transformative spirit in me, but that I might also offer blessing. That my words, my actions, my very presence would actually move people toward devotion to you. That they would witness and experience me as one who shows up in love and in grace, in gratitude and in hope. Would it compel them to wonder, more about who you are. Would you receive deeply the blessing of God, his presence, his love for you, his invitation to endure, to be tangled up with him as you wait on him, to do only what he can do as you receive the love that you were created to receive. As people see you, I pray that they would wonder, what is it about her? What is it about him that is so different? This life that is so set apart and yet right in the midst of the mess. May we be invited to talk about the one who is love and truth and grace, the way, the truth, and the life. May people around us desire to become holy, devoted as a result of our presence. My friends, may you be blessed.